From Asia Pacific Arts, this is Bullet Chain, a podcast about Asian pop culture. I'm Ada Singh, and it's our Chinese New Year show. On this episode, we're talking about Chinese New Year jokes. Chinese New Year is also known as Lunar New Year, and it's celebrated all throughout East Asia and Southeast Asia. So I'm hoping many non-Chinese might also relate to this. If you want to know more about Chinese New Year, Google it. Let me be clear: I'm not going to teach you that much about the traditions of Chinese New Year. So why am I doing a show about Chinese New Year jokes, and what the hell am I even talking about? Let me explain. I'm sure you've all heard of the website someecards.com. They're online greeting cards that you send people for special occasions. They're kind of the snarky, satirical version of heartwarming Hallmark cards. Some e-cards have a very specific look. The artwork is made out of these old-school Victorian images. I was surprised to see that there weren't just mainstream holidays. There were a lot of ethnic holidays as well, from Kwanzaa to Diwali to Chinese New Year. People are making jokes about Chinese New Year. What's funny about Chinese New Year? Do they hire Asian American writers to come up with one-liners about Chinese New Year? Was some e-cards actually doing better than mainstream Hollywood with minority representation? Turns out I was being a little too optimistic. The very first card you see, one of the most popular cards with almost six thousand shares, is this: "May your Chinese New Year be filled with the finest yak penis." It's not that they were all offensive, but most of them felt like they were created by people not very familiar with Asians. But here's how some e-cards works: There's an editorial team that comes up with the official some e-cards, but there's also a user-generated section. Where anyone can go in and make their own cards, so I thought the user section might be better. 'Cause can you really blame your average American for being bad at making jokes about Chinese New Year? It's not like I'd be any good at making Hanukkah jokes or Kwanzaa jokes. If the users were Chinese Americans, maybe the jokes would be a little bit more insider. But we don't really know who the users are. The thing is, the official cards may have been kind of ignorant, but at least the editorial team knows not to be straight up racist. Anonymous users, on the other hand, that's where you get your "me show you how to cook cat now" jokes, or "good luck banging your first Asian this Chinese New Year." So not great, but the fact that the user-generated section exists is key. That means we can do something about this. Why don't we just come up with our own one-liners and give people some real Chinese New Year some e-card options? But first, let's see what we're up against. Since we're talking about insiders and outsiders, let me give you a glimpse into the inside as I call up Brian Hu, my friend, a producer of this podcast, and the artistic director of the Pacific Arts Movement. I started reading him the Chinese New Year cards on someecards.com. I hope wishing you a happy Chinese New Year helps make up for not paying the 1.3 trillion we owe your country. That one definitely strikes me as a a white person wrote this. A white person would probably give this to a Chinese friend. Is that what that would be? But they're probably giving it to Chinese Americans. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun anymore. Let's celebrate Chinese New Year by rigidly conforming to the strictly enforced suggestions for celebrating. That one was kind of weird to me because I was like, "What are these strictly enforced suggestions for celebrating Chinese New Year?" Well, I think to us it's completely ridiculous. Is this playing to stereotypes of Asians just being? Raised, raised by tiger moms. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Or all they do is like memorize. They just like play by the rules. But they weren't all bad. Brian really liked this one. 
That one has a picture of a young girl with bowl cut bangs and a polka dot shirt. She's smiling, and the text just says, Gong Shi Fa Tai Bitches. Or, Gong Shi Fa Tai Bitches. Does it go deeper than just the fact that they're saying bitches? Nope, nope. No. <laughs> okay. sort of like, these are like words that we were taught to recite that don't have that much meaning to us, anyways. And this followed up with bitches, just like, it, it's, just, it's nice. The one I like says, I bet the YMCA dance is hard to do in Chinese. And there's a cartoon boy with his hands in the air, like a Y. I know, it's dumb. But I think the little boy sells it. He's just so happy. But the majority of them could go into four categories. One, the I'm scared of China category. So cards like, enjoy honoring the traditions and customs of a country that has missiles aimed at the U.S. Two is the what are you putting in my food category. So the yak penis one. And there's another where there's two kids with a variety of animals, from parrots to dogs to ducks to cats. And it says, we're Asian. All of these things are food. Three, the I don't understand you category. Cards like, happy Chinese New Year to someone I'm pretty sure is Chinese. And four, your sex jokes. So last year was the year of the horse. So there's, happy year of the horse to the person I'd most like to mount. That said, could we do better? What's funny about Chinese New Year? Well, I was thinking about this and the, the kind of jokes that I would see come up. Like, all I, all I remember ever getting on Chinese New Year are red envelopes. Right, right. So I, I think it would have to be a playoff of red envelopes. Okay, so I'm thinking about, like, all the red envelopes I used to get, which are pretty much always reused red envelopes that my mom got from a bank. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so to me, it'd be fun to, like, kind of play off of that. Because the joke around our house is always that, like, my parents give us money, and they'll, they'll say they're saving it for us, but they're just taking it back. And I don't have any example or like any punchlines, but that was the idea I had. But as we brainstormed more, I realized, as second-generation immigrants, we didn't really know that much about red envelopes. I didn't know who I was supposed to give them to. Brian didn't even know why we were supposed to give them. And it's like an extra layer of difficulty because it doesn't seem particularly natural for us to be giving each other Chinese New Year cards. I don't think I've ever seen them before. How do people wish each other a happy Chinese New Year? Like literally email, happy Chinese New Year? Or call, phone call? Phone call. I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think it's the red envelopes. So I know we sound like we don't know much. Like, are we really Chinese or Taiwanese American? But there's a huge spectrum of different ways Asian Americans celebrate Chinese New Year. Brian and I fall on one side of the spectrum, the side that's pretty Americanized and doesn't really do much. Brian thinks maybe our confusion is the joke, that immediately we think of red envelopes, but it's not like we can tell you anything about them. Or just like calling attention to just how no one understands why this is happening, but we're just doing it anyways. So we weren't completely hopeless, but clearly we were going to need some help. But who's done something like this before? My name is Taz Ahmed, and I'm an artist, writer, and politico based in Los Angeles. So Taz makes these hilarious Muslim Valentine's Day cards. Here's the description. Are you a Muslim that finds it difficult to find that perfectly snarkily witty Valentine's Day card that conveys the exact emotions you feel of love in the time of a racialized Islamophobia-ridden America? Here's a sampling. Women aren't always property, but be mine. 
you spices up my life. That's SP Isis. So, what inspired her Muslim Valentine's Day cards? I spent a lot of time thinking about what it means to be Muslim and what it means to be a woman and about love. One of the interesting things about being on the margins like that, being South Asian and being brown, is that the idea of having a love narrative isn't ever part of that conversation. It's always arranged marriage or um, acid burning. I think one of the things that I'm really trying to do with the messaging behind these is to, instead of playing into the mainstream narratives, I'm really trying to disrupt the narratives that are out there. Um, People should know that, you know, Muslims like laughing. Most of them are puns, and they're funny. But what's even more funny to Taz is how scared people can be to laugh at them. I mean, she's playing with words like ISIS. In previous years, there have been cards like, you're number one on my watch list, or you put the fun in fundamental, or somebody needs to chop off your hand because you stole my heart. But there are some that are just silly, dirty humor in pun form. I'd wiretap that. I think that one's pretty well done because it's very succinct. Um, the most popular one out of all my cards is I have a G-Hard on for you, which I love and which apparently a lot of people love too. And it's the one that like, makes me feel the most uncomfortable. <laughs> but there's some words that I feel like the right has um, hijacked from our movement and hijacked from our community. So it's making fun of that too. If almost all of the some e-cards seem like outsider humor, in some ways, Muslim Valentine's Day cards were the perfect example of insider humor. Some of the cards use terms that non-Muslims like me might not even know. I mean, I know, I know, some of you are really smart and know everything, but I didn't know what a minaret was. That I'd let you put your minaret wherever you want. That one was because the right wing was not allowing mosques to be built in Temecula and like all these other areas. So that was a big fight that Muslims were having. I also feel like some of the inside humor is offensive to people who are on the inside because I, I kind of make joke of something that people, that really conservative Muslims are like, you shouldn't be joking about that. This is like, you know, why are you joking about burqas and like having two people under them? That one reads, this burqa is built for two. Part of it is that these jokes are bringing outsiders to the inside, which can feel a little uncomfortable as well. So because I'm a good student, I took notes. Here are some tips she gave us. She said, puns are good. Don't be too safe. Think about what the current issues are in the community. And everyone likes a dirty joke. As for who else might be able to help me, she mentioned someone that I'd actually already been thinking about contacting, Jenny Yang. My name is Jenny Yang, and I am a writer and a stand-up comedian. I'm also a co-founder and producer of the stand-up comedy tour called Disoriented Comedy. Jenny is Taiwanese-American, and she recently did a video called Ask an Asian, where they fielded tons of questions about what people wanted to know about Asians and got flooded with racist questions, but also really weird questions. From why can't y'all drive, to why do y'all work in a nail salon, to why do we never see pregnant Asians? And if you get high on weed, do you still have eyes? I felt like we could learn a lot from Jenny Yang. Turns out she actually has comic friends who are hired to write some e-cards. But she didn't know that there were ones for Chinese New Year. You sent me the link and I was quite blown away by how ignorant a lot of these are. No one fucking eats yak penis. (laughs) Who cares about yak penis? I feel like yak penis or yak is like a 
uh, like from the American perspective is like a punchline for like Mongolians, whatever. Like it's like, oh, it's so country and so backwards because everyone knows about Chinese food. It's not like Americans don't know about Chinese food. So if you're going to make fun of Chinese food, just do it. Don't talk about yak penis. There's plenty of ridiculousness that you can make fun of, you know, when it comes to the rituals for Chinese New Year. But clearly the people who wrote the e-cards were like, uh, uh, we're not going to do any research. We're not going to talk to any person who's actually Chinese who cares about New Year. And we're just going to make fun of Chinese people in general because, you know, they're weird and who cares? Totally. So I asked Jenny, what do you think is funny about Chinese New Year? On an e-card about Chinese New Year, there's no joke about paper money. You know, because the idea is that you burn paper money as a representation of real money that's going to float into the heavens for your ancestors, you know? Everything you burn is your way of, like, respecting your ancestors and wanting to make sure that they have wealth in the afterlife. Even in China, there are whole sections in stores there where you can actually burn, like, paper mache Mercedes Benzes and um, mansions. Like, literally, you can, like, burn up a a doll-sized version of a mansion so that your ancestors could get that stuff. I mean, I didn't know that was for Chinese New Year, but yes, I've seen that before. I do some old-school Chinese New Year rituals at my family. We make sure the house and our faces and hands are clean. We do the incense, we bow three times, put the incense in, and then we bow three times again with just our hands. We put the food out and let it get cold and pull out the chairs so that our ancestors can eat it before we eat it. Uh, we open the back door and put incense out the back door because we want to, this, that's a way of how you welcome your ancestors to come in and sit and eat. The other thing is like just all the different ways that food symbolizes things for Chinese people. Um, you're supposed to eat long noodles for long life, fish for prosperity. Do you guys, I mean, did you guys make sure you had long noodles and fish? No, we didn't do any of that. Yeah, we just yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like the same way we celebrate Christmas. Like we're not Christian either, where it's like we just get together with family. So then for Chinese New Year, we'll just get together with family as well. And maybe there'll be like little things like, yeah, the bread envelopes. Ada, I'm very immigrant. You don't know this, but I am. I have much older parents. And so in a weird way, I still feel like I've gotten a lot of traditional Chinese education around that. I tell her I'm not even sure when we're supposed to start giving red envelopes when we're adults, like married with kids. Well, yeah, but then also what defines an adult? Because there's a lot of people who are adults who don't have children and who aren't married. Yeah, so I feel like um, then they don't have to give it, right? Yeah, like exactly. Technically, no. But then, you know, but if you're in America and you're a grown ass person and you have a job, you should probably, you know, give I, I gave my nephew a little bit of something. Oh, yeah, you're you're good. I never did. <laughs> <laughs> or like if you have like much older parents who are retired, I think it's also there's an expectation that you could you should probably just like give them something. Oh, really? See that type of stuff? I don't even know. So even though we're both Taiwanese American, I grew up in California with parents who only go to temple when we go back and visit Taiwan. When I got married and my husband thought it would be fun to do some of these Taiwanese traditions at our wedding, our parents looked at us like we were crazy because they didn't even do it when they got married. They were already in America at the time. So we had to copy it from a Taiwanese drama we watched. And we probably did it wrong, but no one cared. Jenny Yang was born in Taiwan. She came to the States when she was six, but visited every summer until she was 14. Also, she says she grew up thinking about race and ethnicity very early, around elementary school, when her older brother introduced her to the comedy of Eddie Murphy. So I admit, I kind of hoped that after I talked to Jenny, she'd impart her wisdom and I'd have all my answers. But that's not exactly what happened. She did impart her wisdom, 
but her wisdom only made me realize that this entire time, I thought I was an insider when it came to Chinese New Year. But maybe I'm actually an outsider. And now I had to come up with some e-cards and one-liners about a holiday that I clearly knew nothing about. More after the break. If you like Bullet Train, check out our online magazine, Asia Pacific Arts, where we bring you the most recent news about Asian pop culture, whether it be K-pop, Bollywood, YouTube stars, video games, or anything in between. If you like any of these topics, you can even write for us through our internship program. To find out more, check us out at asiapacificarts.usc.edu. Welcome back to Bullet Train. We're talking about Chinese New Year and the humor greeting card site, Some E-Cards. I somehow got the idea that we should come up with better options for the Chinese New Year page using insider humor instead of outsider humor until I realized, wait, I don't even really celebrate Chinese New Year. Most years, all I do is call my mom and wish her Happy New Year. I thought because I was Taiwanese-American that I was clearly an insider. But all of the angles I came up with fit into this kind of distinctly Asian-American space. Not quite outsider, but not quite insider either. Problem is, if you think about this stuff too much during the process of creating, it can be debilitating. It's the burden of representation that people talk about. How am I going to represent my community? So that's what it felt like when I realized I was an outsider. Maybe I'm not even the right person to do this. Until I realized, what the hell am I talking about? I'm not the right person to complete this ridiculous challenge that I just made up for no reason. Even if I'm not the right person, nobody else is going to do this. People have real jobs and stuff. You might assume, because I don't know anything about Chinese New Year, that I don't really identify much with my parents' heritage. But that's not quite true either. I go to Taiwan at least every other year to eat shaved ice, or I mean visit relatives, and I watch Taiwanese dramas, listen to mando pop, write about Chinese films, I even studied Chinese painting and calligraphy as a kid. And I edit an entire magazine called Asia Pacific Arts. I'm actually pretty proud of being Taiwanese American, but we just don't celebrate the holidays. Brian, on the other hand, is pretty ignorant. No, I'm just kidding. Brian is a noted scholar of Hong Kong and Taiwanese cinema, and he programs the San Diego Asian Film Festival, one of the major Asian film festivals in the nation. Here's the thing. It's not like we learn about holidays like Chinese New Year from an encyclopedia. We learn from our parents, who try to pass along traditions to us, but probably only the ones that they cared about. So it wasn't all of it. And whatever fraction we were taught, we probably retained even less of it. So we know a little bit about the holiday, not as much as we probably should, but that's what we have. I don't think that makes it any less real. While I was talking to fellow Asian Americans about Lunar New Year, part of the fun was seeing how everyone was a little bit confused about the holiday. Sometimes they thought we ate mooncake for Lunar New Year. Wrong holiday, that's for the Mid-Autumn Festival. And a lot of us don't know what's traditional because everyone celebrates it a little bit differently. Mai Nguyen, my Vietnamese-American co-editor at Asia Pacific Arts, told me about how her family made up their own tradition, a Russian roulette style of red envelope giving. Someone prepares a number of red envelopes, and each of them contains a different amount of money. And you randomly pick one, and just hope you get an envelope with the largest amount. So there are different levels of insiderness. While talking about race and being threatened by racism, it's too easy to find comfort in insiders and be threatened by outsiders. It's more complicated than that. 
It's not like insiders are good and outsiders are bad. Sometimes we're insiders and outsiders at the same time. Unfortunately, I only know a little bit more about Chinese New Year than the some e-cars writers. That said, you can't put limitations on what people are allowed to joke about. If you're an outsider, just do the research and don't be racist. Sometimes it feels like the bar is set so low. So I needed to learn more about Chinese New Year. Brian mentioned earlier that he thinks our parents don't bother to explain these traditions to us. I told him, "I'm pretty sure my mom did explain them to me. I just wasn't really listening that closely." Can you hear me? That's my mom. There's no such thing as Chinese New Year cards, right? Yeah, they do have Chinese New Year cards.、Right? What? They do have Chinese New Year cards? Oh yes. Go to the, the go to the Chinese grocery or bookstore. What's on the card? The Chinese on the card always is um you know the Buddha or the flowers or、uh, you know like those um two little kids. No, no, those are the envelopes, right? No, no, that's like a Chinese New Year card. Oh, so what does it say on the Chinese New Year card? Just 恭喜发财 Yeah, 恭喜发财 Most of us are 恭喜发财恭喜发财，新年快乐 Or because Chinese New Year means Spring Festival, right? After Chinese Year, New Year means Spring is coming. So also they said、uh, 春节快乐啊，春节春 does means Spring. But most common is 恭喜发财 Chinese people like money. Make a lot of money,、okay. 发财 So there are totally Chinese New Year cards. Millions of Chinese people send cards both electronically and through snail mail every year. So does this change anything? Not really. Let's be honest. I'm just concerned about coming up with Chinese New Year some e-cards jokes, and maybe my mom could help me with that. I ask her if she thinks there's anything funny about Chinese New Year that I can make jokes about. Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year is very. Serious. I don't think Chinese can take a joke in Chinese New Year. It's like all of the the jokes are inappropriate, and that's part of the reason that it's funny. Yeah. But you can't say Chinese people cannot take a joke, Mom. You can't say that. My mom says she doesn't see jokes in Chinese cards that often, but maybe people make fun of birthdays or Valentine's Day. But not Chinese New Year. It's A traditional holiday. We can't make jokes about traditional holidays. I, <laughs> I hope it's a very good joke, not a bad joke. The old people get mad, very very mad, because on Chinese New Year you have to say very good words. Even you know on Chinese New Year, if you break something, that means bad luck. Drop something, drop dishes or something. Doesn't mean bad luck, you know. Some people is very care about that.、Oh, so、okay. I was young you know, on Chinese New Year, the first day of New Year, you cannot break anything. Okay, so there's got to be a joke about breaking things or burning things. I tell her Jenny was talking about burning paper money for Chinese New Year. I I have no idea burning people's money. No 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 paper money. Oh, oh yeah, paper money. Man, my mom was like writing jokes for me without even knowing it. Someone who misunderstands and thinks you're supposed to burn other people's money instead of burning paper money—that could work. I asked my mom, "So why do we give red envelopes?" For、uh, your last generation, like your parents, your、uh, you know, 
your in-laws. That's mean show you your appreciation. Also, you respect them. It's also to symbolize good luck for the coming year. It's the same reason we give them for birthdays or weddings. It's considered auspicious. I ask her if it's bad that I don't give out red envelopes. You are second generation here, right? Yeah. If you are in China or Taiwan in、uh, Asia country, you have to do that. If you make money, doesn't mean you are a dog. So people probably just think I don't know what's going on, right? It's all my fault. <laughs> It's your fault. Yeah, because、uh, I think you didn't make enough money to give me better envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my mom doesn't think I make enough money to give you a red envelope this year. I think I just wrote my first Chinese New Year sum e card. And actually, that reminds me, there's one other user card that I really liked. It says. Let's celebrate Chinese New Year by comparing our adult children's careers, income levels, and marital statuses. That one was perfect. So we did come up with 18 use some e-cards, eight for good luck, that are hopefully not offensive, so you can send it to your friends for Chinese New Year. They're mostly based on ideas from conversations I had with people on this very podcast. Here's Brian's based on his bank idea. This red envelope is brought to you by Bank of Mom, who's going to keep the money anyway. We've got some inspired by Jenny Yang and her stories about paper money and paper mansions. And Taz was encouraging me to think about stories about the community currently in the news. So we got one about Fresh Off the Boat, the first network sitcom about an Asian American family in over 20 years. You can check them out at BulletTrainPodcast.com. I'm not a comedy writer, so I don't want you to have too high expectations. But hopefully, even if you don't think they're that funny, you at least think it's kind of funny that regardless of how good they are. We created something, so now our bullet train jokes make up almost one third of the Chinese New Year cards on the Sum E Card site. And tweet us if you have your own Chinese New Year one-liners. Hashtag CNY Card, short for Chinese New Year Card. Perhaps we can get some suggestions based on how other types of Asian Americans celebrate Lunar New Year. Also, tell us how do you celebrate? Do you do a lot of traditions or none at all? Do you make up your own? Let us know. I'm not trying to make a big statement, but if there is a lesson to learn, it's that in life, you better appreciate your mother, cherish your friends like Brian, and pay respect to public voices representing the community like Taz and Jenny. Because if you have a stupid idea like making Chinese New Year some e-cards, they're the ones who are going to help you. On that note, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a happy Chinese New Year. This podcast is produced by me, Craig Stubing, and Brian Hu. It's edited by Craig. Our theme song is by Purple Glitter, and additional music is composed by Jean Chen. Special thanks to Michelle Tan, who helped me come up with Chinese New Year one-liners, as well as Maya Wen, Clayton Duby, Venus Jones, and Catherine Gao. Check us out at BulletTrainPodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you usually find your podcasts. Subscribe to us, leave a comment, or find us on Twitter to tell us if we're being super racist, or if you're really mad at us because we gave you bad luck with our really bad jokes. Very, very mad. Bullet Train is brought to you by Asia Pacific Arts, an online magazine published by the USC US China Institute under the Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism.
This episode is part of our three-episode launch. Check out our first two episodes if you haven't already. The first is about why there aren't more Asian American women storytellers on YouTube. The second is about American Ninja Warrior. Moving forward, we'll be releasing one episode a month on topics like Asian names, maybe karaoke, maybe some Bollywood. Can't give too much away. But please revisit us in March. Those will be the next stops on Bullet Train.